So for the next three weeks, we're gonna invite uh, men and women from our congregation to come up and to share their story, to share how God is working in their lives. We believe this is what the church has been doing for years and years and years. You go back to the, the very early days of the church and, and what they did was they gathered in people's homes and they shared what was going on with each other in their lives. Some of the reasons that we do this is because we wanna continue what the church has been doing for centuries. We want to continue in that. We also believe that, that we want to be a church where, where we can be real with one another, where we have opportunities to take off our masks and show each other who we really are and what Jesus is really doing in our lives. We believe that this is one way we can accomplish this and so much more. It's also a time to encourage one another and also to see the healing and the hope of Jesus in people's lives by telling real stories of what's going on in people's lives. And so we're very excited for this. Um, most of these stories, they come out of a, of, a, of a class that we offered called The Journey. Um, and I know if you are listening to this series and you're thinking to yourself, I wonder how I can be a part of The Journey. Here's one thing that we're gonna do. Um, you can go to Orchard Central and the information is printed in your bulletin. Um, if you wanna receive some information in the fall when we start up a new round of Journey groups, you can go and uh, sign up today and we'll contact you in the fall and say, hey, at one point you were interested in this, are you still interested? Is this something that you wanna do? So if this series for the next three weeks impacts you in a special way and you think, I think I might like to do that, I think I might like to take the time to uh, open up and, and see how God is working in my life and uh, it doesn't mean you're gonna have to come up front and share your story. There's a long process before that happens. So uh, don't think that by signing up that means you're gonna have to come up here and share your story. Um, but uh, um, I would love for all of us to have gone through the journey. This was my fifth year going through the journey, I think fifth or sixth year. So it's always just a blessing to be a part of a group going through the journey. So um, let me pray. While I pray, I'm gonna invite Kevin Cummer, who is here to share this morning. He's part of our Waverly campus. Excited that he's gonna be sharing this morning. So let me pray and uh, as he comes up. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, as Rachel said, you are... Um, we lift our eyes to you because you're watching over us every day. We pray that right now during this time, God, that you would be watching over us. May we look to you for help. May we look to you as our redeemer. May we look to you for what we need. God, we, we love you, we trust you. And so this morning as Kevin is sharing, I pray for him that, uh, that you would just calm his nerves give him what he needs to say. We trust that you um, have been working in his life and, and the words that he's gonna share this morning are gonna, gonna be a blessing to us. Father, give us eyes to see, ears to hear how it is that you're moving in his life and, and we just want to see you and we want to um, open ourselves up, God, to the ways that you work in our lives. So uh, thank you for this morning and we pray all this in your son's name, amen. So I'm particularly excited for Kevin for a couple reasons. One of the reasons is um, uh, when we went through this class, one of the things that I got to know about Kevin was that he's just a man of grace. And uh, so I'm excited for him to share his grace and how, how God has been gracious in his life. The other thing that I like about Kevin is he's got a little sense of humor that you may not realize. So last night I texted Kevin and I said, Kevin, you know, it was late last night. And I said, Kevin, how you feeling about tomorrow morning? And he texted back right away and he said, what's tomorrow morning? <laughs> So you gotta watch out for this one. So Kevin, we're really excited for what you have to share. Thank you for being here, and uh, we'll let you share. Good morning, everyone. So thanks, Jesse, for the intro. Um, so for those of us who, those of you who know us, you probably realize things will look a little, a little bit different up here 
than they do from our normal seats in the back row. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll adjust. And this, this was big because the kids actually moved up and they're only six rows up today. So they, they had to get out of their comfort zone a little bit today too. But glad you're all here. Um, you know, as Jesse said, my name's Kevin Kummer. And I just hope my story today can give you something to take away in your faith journey. So just pray that God will, will use it in your lives however he fe- sees fit. I was born March 7th, 1972, in Dubuque, Iowa, to Bob and Donna Kummer. I'm the oldest of three boys, with Keith and Kenny being my younger brothers. We grew up in Rickardsville, which is a town of about 200 people, 15 miles northwest of Dubuque. I was baptized as an infant in the Catholic Church. My early childhood years were normal and fairly unremarkable. I made my first communion while I was in second grade and attended a Catholic elementary school for second through sixth grade. My dad worked in meat packing during a t- plants in Dubuque during a turbulent time for that industry. He went through multiple rounds of layoffs during my childhood. He also spent time working as a guard at the Anamosa State Reformatory. My mom stayed home with us until I was around eight or nine years old and then went to work for Farm Bureau as an insurance agent. My favorite memories as a child revolve around baseball. Baseball was my favorite sport growing up and remains my favorite team sport to this day. My friends and I would spend many summer afternoons at the baseball diamond. We'd tailor the rules to accommodate the number of kids that we had available to play that day. So if we didn't have enough for a full team, if you hit the ball to right field, you were out. You had to find the way to put it where where the players were. So temperatures didn't matter. We would play on 90 plus degree days and just bring plenty of jugs of cold water. So a lot of good memories there. While growing up at home, I learned the values of hard work, perseverance, and living simply, driven by the financial situation for our family. We had everything that we needed, but did not have opportunities for things like family vacations. However, my parents valued education highly and made sure that we were able to go to college without accumulating significant student loan debt. Our family were Catholics, as were probably 95% of others living in Dubuque County. So we attended church every weekend, but had little exposure to other denominations. I was aware of God, but it was definitely more of a religion versus a relationship. The focus of the Catholic Church at that time was very much on our need for confession and penance, but no real discussion of grace. It was very much a works-based approach where I felt like I had to earn my favor with God. I graduated from Western Dubuque High School in May 1990 and began attending Wartburg College in Waverly in the fall of that year. This was my first extended period away from home. While I was a member of the Catholic student group during my time at Wartburg, I was also exposed to students of different faiths. During my sophomore year, I was a resident assistant. I remember a conversation with another RA. She had a strong faith and began asking me questions about what I believed. Jen was the first one who really positioned relationship with God as an aspect of faith to me. I began reading the Bible for the first time as part of a religion class that I took. I also regularly attended daily chapel services during my time at Warburg, especially during my junior and senior years. I continued to attend Catholic church services, but definitely began to feel prompted by God to learn more about him and better develop my faith. During my college years, I initially anticipated getting a job in a larger city and moving away from Iowa. I spent the winter term of my junior year in Washington, D.C., doing an internship with United Way of America. The following summer, I did another internship 
with a CPA firm located in a Chicago suburb. While I enjoyed these experiences and gained valuable experience to help prepare me for my career, I also realized just how much I appreciated living in the Midwest and living in smaller communities. After those experiences, I knew that I wanted to stay in Iowa after graduating from college. As I look back on my time at Wartburg, it was a time of spreading my wings and some of my initial promptings from God. I graduated from Wartburg in May 1994 with a major in accounting and a minor in finance. A few weeks later, I moved to Des Moines where I started working as an accountant with Ernst & Young. In my early years in Des Moines, I poured a lot into advancing my career. After a year in the audit practice, I moved to the tax department where I spent the next two years. After three years in public accounting, I decided that the busy season workloads of 70 to 80 hours per week were not for me and found a job working for some former colleagues as a financial reporting supervisor for National Traveler's Life Company. I quickly earned promotions to controller and eventually CFO. It was around this time that I purchased my first house as well. While I was advancing quickly in my career and owned a home, I still felt an emptiness. I continued to attend church regularly on the weekends. I felt like there was potentially more out there in regards to my relationship with God, but it wasn't something that I had really figured out yet. I also was feeling ready to start settling into a serious relationship, but had not met the right person. I remember praying to God that he would bring that person into my life. Well, God ended up answering that prayer in November of 1997. I had given up on the bar scene and setups from friends, so decided that I would respond to a newspaper personal ad. Okay, I know this is really strange. What, what the heck is that? This was before the days of online dating. So one Sunday morning, I went through the Des Moines Register, that's a newspaper, and looked at the personal ads. I found the one that looked most interesting and called that afternoon to respond to the ad. That night, Brenda called me for the first time. We probably talked on the phone for about 15 to 20 minutes and agreed to go on our first date the following Saturday. We had a great first date and have been together ever since. What I didn't realize when God answered that prayer was that he would use Brenda to full, fully draw me into relationship with him as well. At first, Brenda and I alternated between going to one of a couple of different churches that she had been attending and the Catholic church that I was attending. However, it didn't take long for me to realize that there was something different about the churches that I attended with Brenda. Before long, we began regularly attending the church where her brother and his family attended. It was there that I came to a much clearer understanding of God's grace and his desire for a personal relationship with me. While I can't point to a singular conversion moment, it was during that time that I came into a saving relationship with Jesus. Brenda and I were engaged in September of 1998 and married on October 2nd, 1999. We continued to attend church together and both grew in our faith. We participated in a Sunday school class with other young married couples and were both baptized, publicly declaring that we were sinners saved by the grace of God. We both participated in Bible studies and other groups within our church. I joined other men from the church in attending Promise Keepers and walked away from that experience committed to serving Brenda and ultimately our children one day in my role as husband and father. Like many young couples, Brenda and I took some time early in our marriage 
to just focus on one another and spend time traveling and doing other activities together. However, it wasn't too long into our marriage before we were ready to start a family. We had many friends, whether through work or at church, who were at a similar stage. However, while many of these couples were finding that they were pregnant, we found ourselves going through a battle with infertility. We underwent tests and tried various drugs and treatments, but to no avail. We prayed to God that he would bless us with a child, but our prayers were going unanswered. At first, we kept our struggles to ourselves, but ultimately began sharing with others and asking for their prayers and support. We read a book about infertility as we were walking that road together. We often felt it was unfair when we saw others around us starting their families or would observe parents who were not treating their children well. We were early in our walk, in, in our walk as Christians at this time, and this was a time of a big step forward in our spiritual maturity. We came to a much deeper appreciation of what it meant when Jesus went to the cross. The book reminded us that God owes us nothing. When he sent Jesus to the cross for us, he gave us far more than we could ever ask for. If we receive nothing else from God, we have already received more than we deserve. We were reminded that if life was fair and God treated us as our sins deserve, we would all go to hell. This is something we have tried to always carry with us, as we know that the grace extended to us through the death of Jesus is all that we ever truly need. While this was a painful time for us as a couple, looking back, I know that we also grew, grew closer as we walked this road together. We finally reached a point where we decided to look into adoption. We attended an information session with Bethany Christian Services to understand the differences between international adoption and domestic adoption. We decided that we would pursue a domestic infant adoption and immediately went to work to put together materials about us that could be shared with parents who might be looking to place their child for adoption. We had reached a point where we had surrendered our will and felt like this was what God was at calling us to do. We set up an appointment with a counselor from Bethany and anxiously looked forward to beginning down this road. The night before we were supposed to meet with the counselor, I was downstairs in our house and remember Brenda calling my name from upstairs. I went upstairs and Brenda had a home pregnancy kit that showed that she was pregnant. Needless to say, we were shocked and incredibly thankful for this blessing. Looking back, we firmly believe that God was trying to teach us the importance of being able to surrender our will to him. Fortunately, all went well with Brenda's pregnancy and Andrew was born on September 20th, 2003. Brenda made the decision to stop working in order to stay home with Andrew, and we began the transition to parenting. Less than six months after Andrew was born, we were in for another big surprise from God. Brenda was pregnant again. Needless to say, after struggling to become pregnant with Andrew, we didn't expect it to happen quite so quickly the next time. We decided that not only was God faithful to answer prayers, but he also had a big sense of humor. We welcomed Zachary to our family on October 29, 2004. We quickly transitioned into parenting two boys and tried to settle into new routines and rhythms. Our next big step then came during the summer of 2005. Both Brenda and I felt a call to make a move to a smaller community to raise our family. We each felt this call separately and individually, 
but at the same time. After reflecting on it in prayer and asking others to pray about it as well, it was clear to us that this was from God. So, in September of 2005, we made the move to Waverly. God opened doors to provide me with a job at CUNY Mutual Group, where I remain employed today. It was a step back in my career at that time, but it was clear to me that God was asking me to put my family first. We bought the house that we remain in today, though we've made many updates since moving in. We quickly found a church home at Prairie Lakes Church in Cedar Falls, with God's help through multiple contacts pointing us in that direction, and began settling into the Waverly community. Ty was born on March 22, 2007, rounding out our family, or so we thought at that time. In July of 2009, Brenda and I made our first trip to Haiti. We traveled with another couple to take a mission trip to the Hands and Feet Project Orphanage in Jacmel. While we were impacted by what we saw on that trip, we had no plans upon our return to consider an adoption. Our lives were plenty busy raising three very active young boys. Once again, however, God had other plans. During 2010, Brenda approached me and told me that she was feeling called to adopt internationally. I resisted, indicating that I wasn't feeling called in that direction and that it seemed that we were already stretched in raising our three boys. Later that year, Brenda came back to me and indicated that her feeling of calling was not going away and that she needed me to really pray about it. I continued to resist, but agreed to pray about it. And I'll never forget what happened next. We were attending Prairie Lakes the first weekend in January 2011, and Pastor John Fuller asked us all the question, what big next step is God asking you to take this year? It was like a two by four to the head. At this point, how could I say no? It was clear that this was God's plan and his will, not mine. But it was important that I be willing to surrender my will and be obedient. That month, we began filling out the paperwork to start the international adoption process. In many ways, our story had come full circle from the infertility struggle to this new road that God was calling us to walk together. We decided to adopt from Haiti, having been moved by our trip there in 2009 and knowing that there were still impacts being felt from the devastating earthquake there in 2010. We finished compiling all the necessary paperwork and fulfilling all the home study requirements during the summer of 2011, and we received our referral for Tamra in November 2011. We traveled as a family to meet Tamra for the first time in January 2012. Brenda and I returned to Haiti in August to have some in-person meetings required as part of the adoption process, and then we returned in, uh, to Haiti to bring Tamra home in late January 2013. Since bringing Tamra home, we have continued to enjoy living in Waverly and watching our kids grow up. We were excited when we learned that Orchard Hill would be launching a Waverly campus in 2015, and while it was difficult, made the decision to leave Prairie Lakes and begin attending Orchard. It was important for us it was important to us for our kids to attend a church with friends and classmates from the community that they live in. And it has been awesome to watch how God has moved in Waverly through the presence of Orchard Hill. I'm excited to see what the future holds. Looking at it now, God's hand in forming the family that we have today is clearly evident. So you can see my family here. On the left, we've got Ty, then Andrew, myself, Brenda, Zachary, and Tamara. 
Growing up, I had visions of having a wife, two kids, and maybe one dog, as I considered what my family might look like one day. Today, as you can see, my family consists of an amazing wife, four great kids, each with their own unique personalities, skills, and abilities, and two very energetic dogs. As a father, I enjoy seeing my kids discover their passions and strengths and try to support and encourage their pursuit of those things. With two teenagers and another child a year away from that age, we are entering new stages of parenting. It hit me quite clearly this past summer while watching Andrew drive away in a car alone for the first time ever to go to a cross-country workout. I'm working to embrace each day with our kids at home, knowing that it won't be long before they are off to college and walking the path that God has laid out for them. As I've gone through the journey class and, and reflected over the past few months, I've come to realize that my story would be incomplete without acknowledging the importance of a couple of key aspects, one person and one activity. First of all, the person, my wife, Brenda. Simply put, God brought her into my life to make me a better person, husband, and father. She has been an incredible compliment to me, and I think that we make an outstanding team. There is nothing that warms my heart as much as a smile on Brenda's face, as her smile lights up her room. She has been an instrumental part of so many of the big steps that God has asked me to take in my life, supporting me as my number one fan, while also pushing me to step out of my comfort zone as she has done the same, and walking right alongside me as we have faced many challenges. Our marriage has had its share of in good times and in bad, but our commitment to one another has never wavered, and for me only grows stronger by the day. We face multiple challenges, including Brenda's mom's battle with myelofibrosis, ultimately dying from this rare blood cancer, my mom's battle with breast cancer, Brenda's struggles with depression, and parenting challenges as we have had children who have dealt with sensory processing disorder and attachment issues. These situations have challenged us, but I know that they also brought us closer together and have served as frequent reminders of God's faithfulness through the storms of our lives. The second thing that I realized sort of wove its way through my story was how my love of running, and particularly of running long distances, serves as a great metaphor for our walk with God. I had run off and on beginning in my high school years through 2012 when I turned 40 years old. That year, I ran the Dam to Dam race in Des Moines, which was a 20K run. After I completed Dam to Dam, my manager at work encouraged me to keep training and run a marathon, which was something that I had never really considered. He pointed out that I already had a strong base built and that it was the perfect time to build up to a marathon. So, that October, I ran the Des Moines Marathon. My intent was that I would be one and done, but in 2015, I decided to run the Des Moines Marathon again. The weather conditions that ideal were ideal for long distance running, and I was fortunate enough to qualify to run in the Boston Marathon in 2017. And that's the picture you see on the screen right there. I had the opportunity to participate. Being a part of a historic race like the Boston Marathon was an incredible experience. I am now planning to return and run Des Moines again this fall. Over the last several years, I have discovered that running, like a strong relationship with God, helps to bring balance and focus to my life. It promotes health for me, both physically and mentally. And I think that running marathons or half marathons or whatever distance serves as a great reminder of how our walk with God 
is not a sprint, but it's a long-distance endeavor. There are hills to climb and straightaways where we feel like we could keep going forever. Sometimes we're running into the wind, and sometimes we have a strong wind at our back. Whatever the circumstances, the most important factor in success is to just take the next step. As it says in Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 2, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I pray that as I continue the journey that I am on, that I keep my eyes fixed on Jesus while I continue to run the race that God has marked out for me, and that I can endure whatever crosses I am asked to carry, knowing the joy that lies ahead of me in heaven one day. Thanks. Thank you. Yep. I have a couple questions here for you. Okay. So we said, we said that a couple reasons why we do this is because we want to take off our masks. You know, we want to be a church where we can all take off our masks. One of the things that I hear in your story is this, when you guys were struggling with infertility, and one of the things that I heard, and you just kind of went over it so quickly, was that during your time of waiting, one of the things that you did was to invite others to be praying for you, to share what you guys were going through, and to, and to really include others. In what could be, you could, you could kind of go it alone and, have a very, and, and handle that very privately, but you guys invited others in. Talk about that decision to invite others into something that you guys were going through. How was that for you guys? Yeah, I mean, we did at first try to uh, keep it to ourselves, but I think we found that it was too much of a burden to carry on our own and that, I mean, what we were learning was the church, our family, or church family around us, they're there to help us and surround us and that, uh, you know, God wants us to share our burdens with one another. And, uh, I mean, we're fortunate here in Waverly. We've got a great small group that we're a part of and we can share what's going on in our lives and be there for one another. And so I think it's just... It, it doesn't make it easy, but it, it at least you have others who can be there to surround you and encourage you and know what you're going through and, and be able to, to help through that. Yeah, that's great. That is, he doesn't know I'm asking him these questions, by the way. I didn't <laughs> give this to him beforehand, but it's beautiful. And it's so true how the body of Christ just works together like this. So here's my other question that I was wondering, and I don't know if I have a really good question here, but I'm listening to all these things about definite events and people who have come into your lives where you have sort of turned away from something and turned towards something that you believe God was doing in your life. And I think about there's this churchy word, it's called repent. And it really means to turn. And, and you just, you turn away from where you were, you turn away, you turn towards where you're going. I'm thinking about, you, you changed churches a couple times, you turned from an old way of dating to a new way of meeting people, um, you're moving from Des Moines to here. Again, you, you're changing church from Prairie Lakes to here. Um, even changing your mind, like uh, to adopting Tamara. And, and inviting her into your home. And it, you weren't set on that at first, but then you saw that God was doing something. Talk about how, wh what did you learn about God in those times of turning away and turning to something that was new and different and maybe a little bit scary? Where did you see God in those moments? 
I think it's, and it, it, it doesn't happen overnight, but I think it's sort of, as you get farther into those types of experiences, just realizing there's so much more he can see that you can't see, and it's really about trust, yeah. and, and trusting him and taking that next step, yeah. that he knows where it's leading, and that he's got our best interests in mind at all times, and so even though it might not be what we feel we want to do, or we feel that yeah. is our natural inclination, it's trusting that there's a bigger story and a bigger picture out there that he wants us to be a part of, and and being willing to be obedient to that, and, and having the faith that he'll be with you through, the, through those steps and the, through those journeys. Yep. It's kind of like your verse when you say, and it says, fix our eyes on Jesus and, and trusting him. To fix our eyes on him, we trust him because he's the author and perfecter of our faith. I love it. So thank you. I'm going to pray for Kevin. And while I pray, we're going to invite the band to come back up and we're going to continue in worship. But thank you again, Kevin. Um, would you join me as I pray for Kevin? Father God, we just thank you that you are trustworthy that everything you've done, we can look to you. We can fix our eyes on you in those times of uncertainty, when you're calling us to new things, when you're, when you're asking us to move from, it, from an old way of life to a new way of life. And maybe that's inviting somebody into our lives, something that we're carrying right now and we just feel like maybe we can't carry it alone. Father, we pray that you would continue to give us wisdom and courage as we, uh, as we just learn what it is to be faithful to you when you are so faithful to us. Father, I thank you for um, all that you've done in Kevin's life. Thank you for he and Brenda and their family and being a part of Orchard, his willingness to come up here and share um, how you're working in his life, even in seasons of waiting, even in seasons of waiting and a time of, of, of praying and sometimes not getting the answers um, right away. God, we, we, we do. We fix our eyes on you and, uh, and we look to you um, today, this day, we pray all this in Jesus' name as we continue in worship. Amen. Thanks, Kevin.